0: years, Adventures in Odyssey has been loved by children and parents alike. But did you know there is more than just audio dramas? This summer, with the help from friends like Wit, Connie, and Eugene, your children can hone their reading skills that spark their imagination and build their faith. At Focus on the Family Canada, we have a great selection of Adventures in Odyssey books for children of all ages. Explore a collection of Adventures in Odyssey books, audio albums, and more at shop.focusonthefamily.ca A-I-O.
1: that day uh, I looked at I'd see my wife in tears and we've all seen our spouse you know especially for men our wives through tears um, just when their emotions are broken and I saw her countenance that day and I turned and I looked at the wedding picture of just sitting on the table right next to me Mm -hmm. and in that wedding picture, I mean, she quite literally, not just because she looked beautiful, but her countenance was glowing with so much hope. And I could see such a, like a stark contrast of the woman that was sitting in front of me seven years later. And it just broke my heart.
2: Well, that's Christian recording artist Matt Hammett, and he joins us today on Focus on the Family, along with his wife, Sarah, and they have an incredible story. I'm John Fuller with your host, Focus president and author Jim
3: Daly. If you've heard Matt's song, Lead Me, uh, then you know his lyrics are honest. Uh, They are the cry of every spouse's heart that feels separated from their husband or from their wife. We all long for someone who will stay with us, who will stand with us, and most of all, fight for our marriage. And so often, it's not the case. Our counseling team on staff here at Focus on the Family, they receive so many calls related to this area, especially from wives who would love for their husbands to step up and lead their family spiritually. I think it's probably the number one thing that we hear about from wives. Mm-hmm. So often, it's easy for us as husbands to focus on our role as providers, not realizing that our families really need us at home emotionally with them. And many wives get so discouraged that they start to give up any hope that their marriage will ever be fulfilled in that way. And I know Jean has felt that way with me at times, emotionally distant, Um, I get captivated with work and travel and everything I'm doing. It's easy for me to uh, get consumed with other stuff and worry about those other things. And she feels like I'm not connecting with her. Um, I think those feelings are in just about every relationship at one point or another. So today we want to share a story of a couple who illustrates this point so beautifully. They stayed together. Uh, fought through and fought for their relationship, even through personality clashes, uh, work issues, a child with critical illness, and a close call with an affair. Uh, They've experienced a lot. So stay with us, because there's many good things uh, you're going to learn today. There's a a great God
2: story here, and as I said earlier, um, Matt and Sarah Hammett are with us. Uh, Matt is a singer-songwriter and was the lead singer of the band Sanctus Real for 20 years,
3: And he and Sarah have four children, ages 8 to 14. Matt and Sarah, welcome to Focus on the Family. Thank you. It's good to be here. Matt, I want to start with you. I'm going to pick on you all day. Sure, (laughs) man. Bring it on. (laughs) Might as well start right there. Uh, Hearing about, though, the first time you saw Sarah, I thought it was an interesting way that you described in the book uh, lead me. How you guys got together, and it's it's full of passion. So hit it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I had seen her uh, at a, a festival where Sanctus Real was playing as an independent band. We were excited that day we were opening up for at the time. You know, Third Day and Audio Adrenaline bands we had looked up to. <laughs> um, and it, it was in the evening, and I was just still hanging out around there, and I look out into the field. Uh, during one of the performances that night and on the fringes of the crowd um, the light was kind of shining on this one area where this girl was just dancing around and laughing and she was in overalls like the most laid back carefree person you know uh, that, that I could see in that crowd and I thought man I'm kind of an uptight guy, you know? I'm a little OCD. Opposites attract, right? I have anxiety. I think I need more of that in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I, you know, that that night I just remember thinking like, man, maybe I should have should have talked to her and I didn't. And this festival was about 3 hours from our hometown. So we drove that night back um because the next morning we had to actually lead worship at a community-wide church service. And little did I know is that um obviously that girl was Sarah and that her family, her mother's church and her grandmother's church were both part of this event. So she had, they had asked her to drive up as well from the Columbus area to be there that morning. So I was out up on stage singing. Leading worship, and I looked out, and there she was—the the carefree girl from the festival the she night was before. following you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah.
3: <laughs> is she Sarah talking? shaking her head no. <laughs> but you know, at yeah. the same time, what I appreciated about the stories—you also—you weren't really dating at the time. Yeah, and that was I know. a part kind of similar to my story about that yeah. age. But yeah, so how did? I mean, when you're not really concentrating on it, when you're yeah. not thinking about it, then the Lord. Plant Sarah in your vision.
1: Totally, yeah. I, I got to a point where I was like, you know, I'm just not gonna be looking at the t- at this time. I'm gonna focus on you know the path that kind of seems before us with the band and and ministry and and uh, so yeah. I, there she was. The Lord kind of dropped her at that time. So it was a really beautiful thing, you know. So that second time when I saw her though, I wasn't gonna leave. Leave the chance again, you know. <laughs> right, I,
0: you're going like, to seize the moment. I was seize the moment. Now, let's yeah, get Let's yeah. get
1: Sarah's
3: side of the story. Sarah, you did shake your head a little no in the beginning, but uh, yeah.
0: Well, so my story starts. Golly, nine months before that, I saw him performing on a stage at Christmas time. And I thought, Lord, you know, if you give me that man, I think we could do great things. And so I prayed about him for two weeks and then I forgot about him. And then I went away on a. um... Those are some strong prayers, Sarah.
3: Well, two Forgot weeks. A Sorry, I don't two weeks. mean that
0: meanly. It was just like <laughs> for two weeks, I well, was like focused. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'll ever see that guy again. So I'll, you that know, makes sense. You
3: know. And it was longer than a day.
0: Yeah, exactly. True. So hey, that is true. Count that's your blessings, point. bro. Yeah, yeah. And then I went away to a summer project through the summer and came back, and that's when that all happened. How old were so. you at that time? I was nineteen. Teen. Okay, yeah. perfect. And
3: yeah. obviously, you approached her yeah. on that second gig. Yeah. I, yeah. Using the lingo, you notice that, John. Yeah. You're yeah. And then, uh, and so, how did you approach her at that point? Say, hey, by the way, I saw you the other night.
1: Yep. I just walked up to her. I did. I was like, hey, I see you last night at this thing, and and uh, just wanted to just introduce myself. And so, I got to know the family briefly, and uh, I remember taking down her number on this little. Uh, yellow sticky note which I still have by the way well you're prepared yeah (laughs) I I don't even know where the sticky note I don't know probably from from (laughs) mom's purse you know and uh, so and then I think that week we just set up a time for us to just go hang out and I brought chocolate cherry brownies that I made myself which which (laughs) I thought would be impressive
0: and I was in my sweatpants Yeah, and I
1: remember walking (laughs) into her house that week for the first time and her dad was like under the dishwasher and fixing something and just I remember it was like <sighs> the, their family was so different from mine. Our, you know, our family was not not quiet, but I don't know. Their more family reserved, was just maybe? yeah, maybe a little more reserved. Their family was just, and I mean, his her mom's yelling from the back porch. <sighs> to the bell. You know, I need this, and and Bill's yelling at, <laughs> back at Pam, "I'm under the dishwasher," you know, and she's just everything's kind of like <laughs> we're unbridled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, wow, this this is. I was like, man, they they're just like in their element, man. They welcome me right into life is normal, you know. They didn't need to impress me, which actually I liked because I was like, okay, this is actually great. This is I'm getting they the real do, deal. They're right who away. they are, right? Yeah. I
3: like that too. So you get through the dating period, and I'm sure there's lots of funny stories here, but you get to your wedding and you do what's done weddings <laughs> and you say I do you yeah. jump in the car after yeah. the reception and then what happens?
1: Oh, that's are right. We, yeah, we, we're we, yeah, we're talking about the uh, Am the, I bringing the, up the, bad the, stuff? No, this is good. This is <laughs> oh, not, that's great. This <laughs> is great. Because hey, you wrote it in the book. Because so. people yeah, out there are going to be I like wanted. I'm not the only one. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, no, this so, is like yeah, so your first I get argument, in the car. Oh,
0: first. Well, first married you? She wanted to, you know,
1: roll down the windows and scream as you should do. Right? I wanted to make some noise
0: and I mean I had daydreamed about just making some ruckus after you get married and everyone cheering <laughs> and being excited and honking
1: the horn that pulling was the just cans. not
0: his he did not want i don't to like to make attention.
1: a spectacle you know I'm kind of like okay let's go let's just drive wow. around so the-, the differences are oh, really yeah. showing oh, up like- it's all and i remember her, her being like i've dreamed about this my whole life and i'm like okay okay i'm trying to you know it's like it was so awkward in that moment those that perfectly embodied you know we had this passionate love for each other but that perfectly embodied like those differences between us
0: is yeah. the forecast i say for when ocd met carefree and, you know yeah it's interesting it was it was so fun i mean we really had a blast and in the moment it didn't feel crazy does that make sense it like does. It, it it just felt young and Fun and free, and it was awesome. We had a great time, but looking back, I really think, how in the world did we survive that? I mean, we had no time alone. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, well, we, we was... were sleeping in the van most nights, or right. sometimes. I would even have to sleep on the floor of a hotel room, like because we would take turns in the beds because there was just not any Everybody's money. In, it was in there was the no money, so together. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, not, I mean, so that's you're not good like, for your first year. Yeah, of four or five guys yeah. in the yeah.
1: van with her and having to share hotel rooms, and there was literally no privacy. There's no time, place to be intimate, no place to argue. I mean, it, it really, was like, yeah, that had to be hard. Yeah, it was like it was a pressure cooker in a lot of ways, you know, of emotion for us, early emotion, trying to figure out these things of just being a new family, and it was hard.
0: Well, and I think my dream was him, to meet a man that loved Jesus and loved me and wanted family, and he's such a wonderful man. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you're my dream, but his dream was the music. So it just, I, you know, I was supporting him because that's what he wanted to do. Well, that's and really
3: interesting. Yeah. The yeah. You had a mistress, and it was the music.
1: Yeah.
0: I guess so, yeah.
3: Wow.
1: And I think maybe I would have thought I was portraying that she was my dream in that way. But... Certainly, that's not what was being portrayed to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I,
3: you know, it sets up that conflict so understandably that you must have felt, Sarah, like now I'm competing for him and that kind of thing. So you're in this situation again, four or five years. You get some news, and yeah. now it makes you worry. What's the news?
0: I just, I'm pregnant. I just, I was shocked. I literally thought, oh my goodness, okay.
1: No one had ever told us how it happens, you know? Oh,
0: well,
3: geez. with the band <laughs> hanging around, I can understand it. I that, mean,
0: somehow. But, no.
1: it, but it happened,
3: and yeah. and what was your initial thoughts?
0: I actually toured until I was about seven, six or seven but months old. right before. when you yeah, heard the right. news, oh. what did well, you think? because there was that
1: moment where she... Literally screamed like, I'm pregnant. And what'd you say? You said you said I have to push it out. (laughs) And I I might have (laughs) said Oh my goodness.
0: Okay. um, See this is where you might have to edit.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean Um, your thought was, can we even do this? Oh Yeah. yeah.
0: Like how are we gonna afford this? Like how do we do this? He's never gonna be home and now I can't really tour. We don't have a tour bus at this time, you know?
3: It sounds um, like what happened is that, happen? you know, these inflection points in our life where we get married, we are pregnant with our first yeah. child, kind of makes you less carefree. <laughs>
0: totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds
3: like what you're describing yes. is, yeah. uh-oh, we got to be responsible.
0: Totally. Yeah. And then it divides us um, geographically. Like, yeah. now we aren't together, yeah, that, so how does, uh, yeah. It that just, was the
1: biggest thing, I think, was just now, okay, it's already hard enough to figure out how to do this life together. How do we do it apart?
2: This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
1: Word of mouth is the best kind of promotion, and Deeks Insurance is proud to list word of mouth as a secret to their success. Serving the faith-based community with tailored plans and preferred rates for home and auto insurance, Deeks knows the importance of a good reputation, which is why so many customers refer their friends and their family to Deeks Insurance a licensed insurance brokerage since 1981. If you can't wait to find out from someone else, then visit deeksinsurance.ca to get started with a quote. Deeks Insurance, where family matters.
2: Hi, I'm Chris. Did you know that the Odyssey Adventure Club is now available around the world? Listeners in more than 200 countries can access every Adventures in Odyssey episode wherever they are. The club is a great way to put faith into action too because a portion of every membership goes directly to people sharing the love of Jesus. Now, wherever you live, From Afghanistan to Zimbabwe, you can join the club today at oaclub.org. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming.
3: Okay, so you have your first baby on the way, you're touring, it's crazy, you're now thinking, man, can we bring a child into this environment, etc., with all the pressure. And then, Matt, um, you started to get worried. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the big thing. And I I think a lot of guys can relate to that. Now, this changes the dynamic. Sarah and I had pretty, uh, you know, kind of easy going. She could go with the flow if she needed to. It does change.
1: Yeah, I mean, I loved having her on the road with me. That became our lifestyle. And it's it's challenging as it was at times we become comfortable enough with that to make it work (laughs) and so adding that whole night dynamic now of like okay she has to go home um she can't be on the road anymore with a newborn so i definitely was worried about about some of those dynamics and and how to navigate all that as a husband. Were you, was anybody giving you advice? Any
3: mentor, male mentors in your life? I'm sure there were
1: some people probably who were giving some advice along the way, but our lifestyle was so, here's another issue for me um, along the way that I always struggled with was that our lifestyle was so disconnected from the local church and community because of the way that we traveled and kind of the level which we were at kind of grinding it to start out in the van as a group of guys city to city with hardly any breaks so we didn't have grounding with our local pastors on a regular basis that was another thing I, i think that and we've discussed this sarah and i and i've had this discussion with other bands you know that's something that um really i wish we would have prioritized more
3: Well, it puts you at risk. Uh, Sarah, so many women are resonating with your concern for Matt being the leader, the spiritual leader, and you were having these concerns now that you have your first child on the way Mm -hmm. or arrived. Uh, How did that manifest itself? What are those concerns like for you, and how did you express them to Matt? Hmm.
0: I think I just wanted to feel like we were a team, and sometimes it's really hard to explain but i wanted to feel like together we have a family together we are we have goals and we're on the same page and we discuss and a lot of times for me it felt like it was the band and us and so there was separation and i didn't feel like he was part of us a lot of times as time went on with family and stuff
3: did that ever feel matt like she was nagging you
1: Hmm. yeah i definitely think that as we were learning to communicate, not just with our words, but also kind of work through tone, you know, in our communication, especially when it got yeah. heightened, I definitely felt at times like it was more of her being against me rather than for me. Um, and and I, that was a struggle, you know, and, and those are things we still work out even totally. 20 years in um, to this marriage, you know, that, that um, those tone, that approach and response Uh, And the tone of that can really change things. Uh, Sarah, you described
3: in the book having a come-to-Jesus meeting. Mm -hmm. um,
0: I can see it now. With
3: the Lord and then with Matt, I would assume. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What was that like?
0: Well, and we'll say it was probably the thousandth time I've said it to him, but maybe he just heard it different that time. Maybe I said it differently. I don't know. But it was just like, hey, I need you. Like, I like you. I, I, I... I just want you to be present and and here and engaged and not so grumpy and <laughs> I just need you to be focused on where our this family's ship was going. It right. felt like he was always focused on where the band ship was going. I want to know what where our ship is headed and I want to see intentional steps to see that you're you're trying, you know, to to steer it in a certain direction. And it felt like, uh, we I felt like an afterthought a lot. I felt like mm. I just didn't feel the priority that I do feel now. And I knew we were missing something.
3: Right. And that okay. is a recurring theme. But again, Matt, you were kind of missing the signs. Why did that stick?
1: Yeah, I think I had an internal dialogue and an imagination, right? Like we all do. It's like this imaginary life where our intentions of who we want to be or who we wish to be kind of define who we think we are. Hmm. I think that my desire to be a good husband, my desire to be a good father, my thoughts that I had internally towards her were in a way enough. Um, not realizing how blind I was, the fact those intentions weren't being expressed in ways that made her feel loved. And so, and, and maybe, you know, a big part of that too is, is I didn't know yet how to take those steps practically in some ways. So I think I heard her voice that day very clearly that she was not feeling what I wanted her to be feeling for me and that there definitely was an issue with my life and my action as a husband. And I think that day I really realized like, my good intentions, and this is a huge theme in the book. My good intentions were absolutely worthless until they became action that made her feel loved. Huh.
2: And that's what led to your writing a song, which has touched so many of us.
1: Yes, that day uh, I looked at—I'd see my wife in tears, and we've all seen our spouse, you know, especially for men, our wives through tears, um, just when their emotions are broken and I saw her countenance that day and I turned and I looked at the wedding picture of just sitting on the table right next to me. Hmm. And in that wedding picture, I mean, she quite literally not just because she looked beautiful, but her countenance was glowing with so much hope. And I could see such a, like a stark contrast of the woman that was sitting in front of me seven years later. And it just broke my heart. And so I, did. I picked up my guitar, and that was the day that I wrote the first draft of the song, "Leave Me. Hmm. Did that connect with you, Sarah?
0: Yeah, I loved the song. But, you know, a lot of people would say... But that
1: wasn't your initial reaction.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people would say, like, oh, that song is so wonderful. And I'm like, yeah, it comes with a lot of pain for me. I mean, it right. hurts, you know. Yeah. That was a painful, painful day and kind of existence in where we disconnected. Yeah. But
1: when I first played the song, she was kind of like, just like, it's kind of like, (laughs) "Uh, I don't really want a song. Well, (laughs) you know, and this is such a good point. I want action. (laughs) You want action. Yeah. Yeah, How many wives want
3: to feel it? Yeah. Not just hear it. They and how many see husbands it.
1: wish they could write a song or do something nice and it'd all be over, right? Right. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't is work that, that enough? Way. Is yeah. it done? You Those lyrics kind of haunted you, didn't yeah. they? And they so kind of kept totally. you accountable. All right. Let, let's keep moving through
3: the story because we, you know, uh, we're going to come back next time if you're willing. And sure. we're right toward the end. So oh, we'll come back yeah. for a second day sure. and complete sure. more of the story. But you had your second child mm-hmm. and then pretty quickly had your third child, right? Yeah.
0: Everybody's two years apart.
3: All right. So on that third child, you're um, having an ultrasound, and you received some tough news. What was it?
0: Yeah, we went in to find out what it was, and um, we found out we're having a boy, but um, they told us he had a terrible heart, and they didn't know if he would live, and that started us on a kind of a whole new journey.
3: Yeah, and, and what was that diagnosis?
1: So... They told us that day that he had a disease um, called hypoplastic left heart syndrome. That was a very rare condition uh, that they rarely saw. And so it's uh, it means that literally half of his heart did not develop in utero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you even
3: had the doctor suggest terminating the child's Yeah, life. I
0: was strongly aggressed to terminate. Um, sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. It's oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, You're allowed. It yeah, hits in random times. But anyways, sure. um, yeah, no, he would be on tour, you know, because I'm home. And we have great parents. My mom would go with me to all the hundreds of appointments we had to go to. And we were at a doctor. it's, it's They're called maternal fetal doctors. They basically help you figure out what you're having. And right. they thought he had some one of the trisomies. And they thought, you know, they knew his heart was really bad. And I remember... Oh, gosh, probably five or six of the appointments when he was gone. They would come in really honestly with a large voices, kind of yelling a little bit hmm. and saying, what are you doing to your family and your marriage? This is not going to be good. Your son will be in the hospital. He will live a short life and it will be painful for everyone. And the siblings, it's it's kind of mean is basically what he was trying to tell me. And hmm. I remember just saying... I will do anything. I, I I'm having this child. Yeah. One day is worth it for me.
3: Yeah, and your daughter Emmy was having dreams, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. Man, that's
3: this wild. <laughs> is this is a phenomenal story.
0: It's pretty awesome. Was she
3: aware that the pregnancy was stressed, or was this before no, she? even No, yeah.
0: Em's. So,
3: how old was she, and what were the dreams she was having?
0: So Emmy started having dreams when she was two, and this is when you know a two-year-old starts. Talking and chatting and you're like, oh, we, you know, we can have conversations. And one time she woke up and she said, mommy, I, and this is very, she never told me about any other dreams except for these. Mommy, I woke up and, uh, or I had a dream. I had a dream about my brother. We sing on stage, but he dies. And I'm like, what? She knows what heaven is, but I don't know that and this is ever, before you're pregnant. This is before I'm pregnant. Yep. This is right as I'm having my second girl. And I don't even know if we're gonna have any more kids. Right. So, um, she has that dream, about a year later, she says, mommy, I have a dream, I have a brother. We're singing on stage, but he dies, mommy, he dies. Okay, that's weird. Mm. Yeah,
1: that's And then not, yeah.
0: again, she has it, a three times she has it. And um, the day she's diagnosed, or we're diagnosed, uh, I laid in the bed with her and I said, honey, you know that dream that you have about your brother? And he dies. How old is he when he dies? And she says, as big as you and daddy.
1: Hmm. Wow. And she's
0: four years old. Wow. She didn't say as old as you and daddy. She right. said as big as you and daddy. And
3: that actually gave you the strength to to say, no, we're going to move forward.
0: Yeah. I was like, wow. And to this day, she's 14. And just last year when we were preparing for Bowen's surgery, she... um. She said she started almost unpacking it all. And she goes, that was Bowen, wasn't it, Mom? And um. I was like, it was. And she goes, I can still see him clear as day.
1: The One part you didn't say oh. that was really interesting is when Bridget, our ultrasound tech, was actually oh, yeah. doing the ultrasound whilst, when we went in and found out that day. Before they told us, Sarah leaned over and said to Bridget right as she saw the heart, it's so weird. Emmy has these dreams, and so she told us later, like she was looking at that at that moment when oh. Sarah leaned over and told her
0: that that Emmy wanted a brother, but he dies in these dreams she has, yeah. and that's when the tech found his half a heart. Oh, so it was wow, just interesting. Yeah.
3: And you know, just to make
1: sure, I mean, Bowen's alive. How old is Bowen? Yeah. now? Yeah,
0: Bowen's ten.
1: I just want. I don't yeah, want. Yeah, we to... just. Yeah, we celebrated yeah. Bowen's tenth birthday on September ninth. Yeah. Um, you know, and he did endure. Uh, his a third open heart surgery uh, in, in, in July of 2019 yeah. um, but he is really in a season of thriving right
3: yeah. now. Yeah and I you know again I didn't want to do a disservice to our listeners and totally. viewers to say okay what happened to Bowen? So yes, yeah Bowen absolutely. Bowen is thriving and we're going to come back next time and mm-hmm. continue the story and speak specifically to what happened in your marriage Mm -hmm. during all this time. Mm So, man, what a powerful story. And let me say to the listeners, uh, Lead Me is a great resource. I mean, it touches on so many of life's complications. Mm -hmm. You know, when you feel like the Lord must have made a mistake in bringing my spouse, because we're so different, or going through a catastrophe, like a child diagnosed with a terminally ill situation. All those things bring tremendous pressure on your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with each other. And uh, both of you have set this up so well in terms of uh, the rest of the story next time. If your marriage is struggling, like you're hearing here, uh, we have Hope Restored, which is an excellent resource for you. It's a four-day marriage-intensive program, 80% post-two-year success rate, meaning two years later, those marriages, 80% of them. Are together and doing better. So consider that. Um, Don't let your marriage dissolve without fighting for it.
2: Yeah, give us a call and let us uh, connect you with one of our counselors. We'd be happy to tell you more about Hope Restored as well, our number 800, the letter A in the word family. And uh, you can also connect uh, at focusonthefamily.ca. And of course you can get Matt's great book Lead Me at the same website or phone
3: number. Matt and Sarah, thanks again for being with us today. Let's come back next time and hear the rest of the story. Okay. Thank you so much. And on behalf of Jim Daly
2: and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.